0: If you've taken even a basic psychology class, odds are good that you know about B.F. Skinner's pigeons. And today I was reading an article in the Washington Post and it referenced the uh, Harvard psychology researcher who basically took these pigeons put them in a box, trained them to pack on a piece of plastic whenever they wanted food, and then decided to do something more random. He rewarded them every three packs, then five packs, then two. And the pigeons went nuts because they, you know, couldn't figure out exactly when they would get fed. So they compulsively, for hours on end, would just uh, hit these pieces of plastic. And uh, this article compares us to the pigeons. We are now BF Skinner's Pigeons, except for the piece of plastic is a smartphone. We are completely addicted. We spend hours, you know, going over our apps, looking for likes, and we are obsessed. And this is done so by design. Nick Fitz joins us now. He's a senior behavioral researcher at Duke University Center for Advanced Hindsight. And he is also cited in this really interesting Washington Post article I read this morning on the train. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, nice to be here.
0: Listen, you're one of those, they're they're calling, you know, this whole group of people, which includes behavioralists like you and, uh, you know, people that are very tech-savvy developers uh, that are putting together a movement. It's called a digital wellness movement in order to counteract what's going on. And this is this addiction to our cell phone. Give us a little idea of what that digital wellness movement is.
1: Sure. So it's a group of us, I think you described it well, Uh, So people in uh, research like myself, behavioral scientists, and then people mentioned in the article. um, I should say so I'm with Dan Ariely and I work with the group Synapse here uh, at Duke. So it's a mix of people from both sides that are uh, sort of frustrated with how apps and such have been designed against us, and so have been looking for ways to uh, design a phone such that it supports well-being so it helps people get what they want to get done and makes people feel better.
0: I guess I shouldn't be surprised by the fact that tech companies have armies, you say, of behavioral yeah. researchers whose sole job is to actually look at, you know, uh, Skinner's, you know, pigeon study and, you know, try and apply those principles to, you know, the cell phone and to us.
1: Right. I mean, a phrase sums it up well. They say if it's free, you are the product, right? And so in their case, the way they make money is from selling ads that are increasingly personalized. And so, it's important for them to maximize time on the screen. So it, it makes some sense, right, that it's, it's set up that way. There's infinite scroll and autoplay and all of these, you know, you mentioned variable awards in the pigeon, pigeon study.
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting to me that you guys now are creating an app to deal with our addiction. How does your app work? Uh,
1: essentially, it works similar to the study. So uh, there's a friend of mine, and, and he's the CEO of the company running the app at the center. Uh, his name is is Ranjan Jagannathan, and and the app is called Synapse uh, or Daywise, and essentially it batches your notifications, um, and and it, I think it can do some things beyond that, but but the crux of it is what's described in the uh, in the piece. Essentially, instead of getting them throughout the day randomly like a slot machine, you can get them uh, at predictable intervals throughout the day. So let's say in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, uh, and in that way, it's you know our our little way of. Uh,
0: working on on the issue. So for uh, people listening right now, I have right now uh, a notification that's come up on my cell phone. Now this one I would use, it's an excessive heat warnings in effect until June 19th at uh, 1229 a.m. So I get that. That's that's something that's still a notification. But, you know, a lot of people get notifications as to, you know, texts that are coming in, emails they've received, their apps giving them a notification, you know, somebody likes something on Facebook. So this is a way for you to just aggregate the no- notifications, and then they come to you at a certain time. So you're not always picking up your phone going, hey, is there something there? Is there something there? Is that right?
1: That's exactly right. I think initially, after you start to use this, you you actually have that feeling of you know, oh wow, you're kind of surprised at how much space there might be. Um, and you, you can get certain notifications. I think, with I, you know, I'll let them speak for themselves. But um, you might want to get calendar notifications all the time or certain ones. But but that's exactly right. Essentially, it would aggregate those. You may not you may get social media notifications all at night, right? That sort of thing. And so it aggregates them and and then delivers them for you instead of that constant ping. But a variable thing. Really.
0: Before people get used to the app, uh, it, it, does it have any adverse effects on them?
1: It's a good question. It's hard to measure in that small area um, and everybody's difference, but it certainly makes people feel like they're missing out on notifications. So we measured a bunch of things. One of them was those. That makes some sense, of course. People feel a little bit less connected. Not getting them at all is, is uh, interestingly, what we found was not great. So you You don't actually get a ton of the benefits, but people really do feel a bit more anxiety on the batching that um, seemed to do relatively well.
0: You uh, have taken things to the extreme for yourself because, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, in this article that you were you realized you had a problem when your your dad was visiting <laughs> and you were, uh, were you, were you in the washroom? You were in the bathroom. Now I can't, yeah. I, I cannot, uh, uh, give my consent to that. Having the phone in the bathroom, that's a little over the top, but anyhow, you're in the bathroom, you're in graduate school, you're scrolling through Instagram while your dad's waiting outside, and you realized, holy crap, I have no idea how much time I have left with him.
1: Yeah, that's that's definitely a good way to put it. It's an experience I remember well. I wouldn't say, you know, the post puts their own spin on it, of course. I, I've been living out in Vancouver for a while and doing research on this uh, with, with the Old advisor of mine, Peter Reiner, but I did have that experience, of course, um, where I realized you know my father's getting older, and I'm sitting there, he's visiting from 3,000 miles away, um, and it's sort of a shame that I'm scrolling through, looking at like photos of people I don't really know.
0: So you um, are working I don't know to
1: on to the extreme. I just don't. Um,
0: well, the extreme so, yeah. is to to me. This is the extreme. You installed an extension app on your computer called Mortality. So, oh, and, anytime you go online, you're greeted by a black and white countdown now of the days you have left to live. <laughs> that's true. That, it,
1: so I think that you probably get used to that after a bit. But uh, that a, a friend of mine and collaborator, Ari Kagan, put me onto that, and that's um, yes, that is true.
0: So we can can we download that? Can it, can you put yeah. it on your your cell phone? Because it would be a great. What? How has that changed how you perceive things?
1: So that's why I open a new tab. When I open a new tab on Chrome on my computer, I see that, and that's just a really nice reminder. I think to not do, um, to not sort of uh, do things on the internet just to be doing them on the internet, but to be thinking about what do I like? Do I want to be kind of doing this? And I think probably it does wear off after a bit, but it's a nice reminder for me. I think it's some people maybe it's uncomfortable for me. It's um, quite nice.
0: And does it? So this is in days. It's not a countdown clock as to minutes.
1: No, I did. You can you can uh, you can skip that. You can you can choose whether it's minutes. For me, I don't need that. I, mine mine's ch- changes every day.
0: And so you know, you, if it's free, you're yeah. paying for it in some way. So is Mortality just, free? The app?
1: Well, yeah, Mortality is free. I don't think the I don't know if the guy makes money. There's no ads. So if, you know, people do just make stuff and put it up on the internet. Um, but that's kind of the problem. It's like, how do people get paid? How do we pay journalists? How does this all? Work right. There's subscriptions to the Times and other places, but it is is a tough problem to solve. You know, people don't really want to pay for Facebook. It, there's an interesting case study there. They wouldn't pay. Four to five people wouldn't pay a dollar a month. Uh, so I don't know what we do in terms of uh, not having these set up this way.
0: All right. Well, listen, I, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Nick. I'm running out of time, so I'm going to hang on to your number and I'll probably call you back uh, to discuss uh, this topic at a, at a later date. Um, but what would you like the takeaway to be from, you know, the listening audience right now with regard to apps?
1: That's a good question. I think just for people to think about how they'd like to live with their phones, how much time they'd like to spend on them and, and how much time they think they actually do and maybe to reflect on it a bit. It's a tough, I don't I wish I had a stronger call to action right now.
0: Nick, I appreciate your time. Have yourself a fantastic afternoon.
1: Thanks. You too. Have a good one.